Welcome back. This week is Parshas Bamidbar, and we are going to be discussing Helchis Yantiv, preparing for Shavuos, where when we discuss preparing for Shavuos, naturally we are going to be talking a, a lot about kashras, about using your oven and mixers and things like that for dairy when you typically keep them parav or their fleshigs and transferring it to dairy and etc. So we're going to be discussing those halachas. So the big question that I've already been asked multiple times in preparation for the cheesecake on, and the upcoming yantiv is how to use your oven, which is a fleishiga oven, how, how to use it for dairy if you want to bake your cheesecake in it. So the good news is, is that as you hopefully are already familiar with past years and past yam taivim, it's not very difficult. And it doesn't require a self-clean cycle. All that needs to be done is you turn on the oven on uh, ideally the highest it goes, which is usually about 500, and let it go for about 45 minutes to an hour. And that burns it out. And that's all you need to do. So you turn it on the highest, you let it go for about an hour. So you do have to think a little bit in advance. You can't start doing this when you're already in the middle of the baking process. You have to have this done before, burn it out. You can put your dairy cheesecake in there, make your cheesecake, make whatever else dairy you want to make, the lasagna, etc., and then you can do the same thing and burn it out once again to uh, render it parv. Uh, you can actually simply take out the, uh, the whatever it is you're making this dairy, turn the oven up higher, and then leave it. You don't have to turn it off and back on, let it cool down, none of that. Let it burn itself out. You don't have to be so concerned about the dirt in the oven. Uh, essentially, it gets burnt out um, with this process. If you do th- see, you know, sizable amounts of things there, not just some black grease, but you see some sizable pieces, that those should be removed. But otherwise, you don't have to knock yourself out cleaning that oven before you burn it out. Now, this option is a good option before Yontif. This is a good option uh, when preparing the cheesecake and preparing uh, the Yontif food. But what about on Yontif itself? You want to have one dairy me- meal and you want to have one flesh chicken meal. And you want to be able to use the oven to heat up your food. So how do you do that? You can't kasher your oven on Yantiv. And largely, you can't um, you change the temperature depending on your kind of your oven. But almost you can, it's very rare that you can change your temperature on your oven. So what should you do? So essentially, you can still use the oven. And as long as things are covered, you're fine. So if whatever you're making, let's say your oven is primarily used for fleshigs and it's a fleshig oven. So you can prepare dairy dishes in the oven, just cover it. And then really you're okay. So if you put in a lasagna and you put it in cover just so that it should be able to get heated up, that's fine. And there's absolutely no problem with that. Uh, you can even warm up things that are totally dry. Like, like if you have a um, cheese knish, which is you know covered with dough. So you want to heat that up or something along those lines, like a calzone or something along those lines, being that the outside is all dry you can really heat that up in the oven even without covering it and it won't change the status of the oven and won't be affected by the status of the oven. So you can have a fleshig oven and heat up that cheese calzone in the oven. You know, you'll obviously put it on a 9 by 13, you know, so that it's on, it's on something that uh, separates it from the rack, which I imagine you do anyway. Uh, but it can be uncovered because it's dry. So as long as something is dry, you're really okay. So for the most part, that's basically what you're going to need to do on Yantiv if you want to heat up um, dairy in a fleshy oven or vice versa, you're going to have to either cover it or if it's dry, then you don't need to cover it and then you're okay. 
Uh, even when you cover it, let's say it gets a little uncovered and some steam comes out, that's okay. As long as it's 99% covered, 95% covered, you're okay. This has to be mostly covered. Another question that comes up typically year to year is we have power of blenders, uh, hand blenders, power of mixers, and we want to use them for dairy just in preparation for Shavuos, and it could be that's like the only time of year we use it for dairy, but otherwise we keep it power. And is that okay? Are you allowed to do that? And we're talking about, again, you're going to use it for cold power. You're not even going to use it for hot power. You're going to use it for cold power, like make a cold cheesecake. Now, you could do that. But you're not supposed to do that on a regular basis. On a regular basis, you're not supposed to utilize one keli for the different, the, a different kind of thing, even cold. Like you can't use a fleshiga uh, pat and put some cold milchigs in it, even though it doesn't make the pat trave since it's all cold. But Chazal don't allow that because that leads to mistakes. Obviously, if you start mixing around your fleshig and your milchig, uh, even if you do a cold, you're going to eventually use it hot as well and trave up your stuff. Um, however, if it's done on a very, very infrequent basis, like once a year, you use your mixer to prepare your cheesecake and that's it, that is okay. So you can do it that, you are allowed to use it if it's, so, if it's done very um, temporarily and it won't cause confusion, you can use it for cold, use your power mixer for cold to prepare a cheesecake or anything like that. And it will not become milchies, just clean it out well, and then you're fine. One thing that's always important, but all the more so when we come to Arab Shavuos, is to be careful about cutting onions and cutting garlic. Onions and garlic have the status of a Dover Kharif. And when something is a Dover Kharif, a sharp thing, it will always render itself uh, fully fleshig or fully milchig, and it doesn't have any of the leniencies that you typically have. So if you cut an onion with a fleshig knife, even though that knife hasn't been used for 24 hours, and typically that would be fine, but no, you cut an onion with a fleshig knife, that onion is fleshig. And you take that fleshig onion and you put it in a milchig frying pan, even though the milchig frying pan wasn't used for 24 hours, you have a tray for onion, and therefore a tray for pan, and tray for food. So that's sad. We don't want that to happen. We don't want to be faced with those questions and have to deal with the food becoming treif. It actually makes things quite complicated and it becomes complicated how to cashier those frying pans. So be careful. That's one thing you do need to be careful about when you have fleshings and milchings going on and food preparation for yantiv. Cut the onions either with a dedicated power of a knife or if you're going to cut it with a fleshig knife, you know, make sure, double check that you're preparing fleshigs and the knife is the right knife and cut up the whole onion and use the whole thing. So be careful with the onions and with the garlic and try to keep things the correct uh, gender, <laughs> fleshigs or milchigs. Now, as far as having a milchigam meal, the, there is very clear meaning. It's quoted in the Ramah to have a milchigam meal on uh, Shavuos. Now, we're familiar there, the Mr. Brewer brings down a reason from a God Lachar. He doesn't say who it is. We talked about this on Monday a lot. Um, what that he says the reason why there was a minute to eat milchigs was because the Jews, when they came down from Mount Taira, they now had the mitzvahs and preparing fleshigs is complicated. You have to shecht, you have to have a kosher knife to shecht with, you have to, uh, to get rid of the blood, you have to know how to do that to salt, to wash it off properly, and then you have to remove the chela, the fats, which are treif, and etc. It's a big process, it's complicated. And therefore, they rather ate milchigs, they ate dairy, which was simple, much less uh, preparation involved. And that's why we eat milk to commemorate that. Um, there's many problems with that, which we discussed on uh, a little bit, we touched on on, uh, on Monday. One big problem with that is the assumption that the Jews knew all the mitzvahs the moment that they were makabal the Torah on Harasina. That's kind of hard to believe. Moshe Rabbeinu took 40 days and 40 nights 
starting from the next day and on to learn the whole Torah, and they walked off of Harsina and they knew everything? How did they know everything? And those mitzvahs weren't even told to them until much later. The Abbas Abchalav is the end of Mishpatim. Um, Shechting is somewhere else. So these mitzvahs that were told later, much later during their stay in the Midbar, how could they have possibly knew all of them? And Mr. Brewer addresses that. But anyway, that's one well-known reason. Another well-known reason is uh, that the Torah is compared to milk, the chalav, it provides a sustenance and it has different uh, qualities which we compare to milk. But the actual reason which the Ramah says, the one that's actually quoted in Shulchan Aruch is a fascinating re- reason, his reason is actually you're supposed to combine the milchig and fleshig suda into one suda. You're supposed to have it the first day. You're supposed to start milchigs and then switch to fleshigs. What do you accomplish by doing that? If you start milchigs and switch to fleshigs, there's another halacha that you can't have the same loaf of bread. You can't have the same challah on the table that's used for a milk meal as is used for a, 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 a fleshig meal. They can't be, they can't be uh, mixed. So the challah that you have from your milchig meal, you can't take that challah and use the leftovers for your fleshig meal. Likewise, just a halachic ramification, challah that's left over for a sha- from a Shabbos meal, you can't make French toast with milk out of it. It's fleshig. So that whatever challah is on the table, the fleshig meal, it gets the status of a fleshig challah. If it's on the table for the milchig meal, it gets the status of milchig. So what happens if you then have a milchig meal which you transfer into a fleshig meal? The Ramah says you'll have to bring out new challah. So then comes out, you're kind of forced to have two individual challahs, one for the first half of the meal, the milk part of the meal, and then another one for the second half of the meal. That's what we're trying to accomplish. You should have shtei halechem, because that was the carbon that was brought uniquely to Shuas. It was a shtei halechem. That actually, the shtei halechem themselves were brought together with two sheep. The sheep were brought on the Mizbeach, and the kahanim ate the shtei halechem. It was a special carbon unique to Shavuas. It uh, represented the luchais. It represented other things. So we're trying to commemorate that. That's why we have a dairy and a fleshing meal to force us to have two chals. Good to know. That's another reason behind why we have a dairy meal. And as I said, it's what's important to realize is the halachic ramification of this is that um, bread that's on a fleshing table can't be used with dairy and can't be made dairy. You can't swear, put the butter on it. Okay, moving on to yantiv, some hilchas yantiv. So cooking, as we know, is permitted on yantiv, but electricity can't be used on yantiv. You can't turn on and off switches, and you can't push buttons on yantiv, and you can't switch on uh, electric coils. So electricity is not something we can use on yantiv. So if you have a gas oven, that's great. The gas oven is hopefully on already from before uh, yantiv, or if it's not, you can light it from a different light, uh, fire. If you have a candle, you can light the, the gas from that candle, you know, if you avoid the electric. Uh, igniter, if that's possible. And uh, you can make it higher, you can make it lower, depending on if uh, the way you make it lower is you, if you have your soup on it and you don't want your soup to burn, you don't want it to bubble out, you can lower it so that it, uh, it doesn't bubble out. But that's all good if you have a gas oven for those lucky people that have gas ovens. For the rest of us that have electric ovens, there's really very little you can do. You can't change the temperature of the oven, you can't change the temperature of the, of the range, you have to leave it as is. What I suggest people do, the best option is really to get yourself a blech. Put a piece of metal on top of it, keep one burner on, and then you can shift the position of the pot as necessary, closer to the fire or further away from the pot fire, and that's the way you can adjust your flame on, uh, on Yontiv. As far as the oven itself, even if you have a gas oven, but you can't push buttons, so that's not an option. So basically, the oven itself really can't be adjusted on Yontiv as well. 
Um, this year, the second day of Yantav is Shabbos, and we're going to be making an Erev Tavshilin. Everybody remember to do that so that you can prepare food on Erev Shabbos, which is the first day of Shavuos. And whenever there is a, uh, whenever there is a, an Erev Tavshilin situation, actually, Mr. Bura advises to take on Shabbos early. He advises to make an early Shabbos, something which he doesn't necessarily advise otherwise. But on uh, Erev Tavshilin situation, he says, yes, take on Shabbos early. So contrary to a typical Shavuos, where we actually stay up very, very late to be able to start our, our Suda because Yantav is so late, it's 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, Actually, this year, being that the second day of Shabbos, you're supposed to accept it early and start early because the idea is you should finish all your preparations for Shabbos with plenty of time to shkia. Now, the earliest you could take it on is Plaga uh, Mincha, which is not all that early. It's about 6.45, 6.50, on the exact time. Hopefully, it'll be in our sheet. Um, and then from then on, you can accept Yantiv. You light the Shabbos candles and you accept Yantiv, and then you can move on from there. As I mentioned in the past, being that we're all davening biyachidus, you uh, there's really no reason to daven marav then. So you can accept yantiv if it's still daytime outside. Don't daven marav then. Start your meal, and when you finish your meal and it's night, daven marav then. There's no real reason to daven marav early. There's no minion. There's no no special reason to daven marav in a not lechatchila time. So that's uh, that that's what I would suggest. Just make sure you don't forget. Obviously, uh, in order to be able to light that candle, uh, the Shabbos candles, you need to have an existing flame. So what everybody does is they light a Yartzeit Licht, they light a Yartzeit candle, and uh, you there use that to light from, to be able to light your candles. And it's uh, obviously, you know, you have to be careful that you don't put it out by mistake, because if you do, you're going to have to get that light from a neighbor or somewhere else, and then you have to be careful that it doesn't go out as you're carrying, and etc., etc. Okay. So that pretty much sums it, wraps it up for the, the Hilchas Yantiv and the Hilchas Shavuos that's relevant for this year. Moving on to Shavuos, thinking about how we can prepare ourselves for Shavuos. So how, how do we prepare for ourselves for Shavuos? So traditionally in yeshivas, they learn with more fervor, with more energy, and with more asmada. And doing that is tried and true. Everybody should. And uh, should try to learn a little more, a little better, a little more asmada, a little more energy in preparation for Kabbalah satire. That's definitely something we should all do. Reignite that flame for this week. But Kabbalah satire is a big event, and it happens every year. The Svarim, even in Mishnah Brewer, it's clear that every year Hashem brings us the Torah, He offers it to us, and every year we accept it. Now, in what way do we accept the Torah on Shavuos? What do we do? Do we yell out loud, yes, Hashem? I want to accept the Torah. You can do that. Just do it in private. But it's, uh, what do we really do to, to accept the Torah? When Hashem gives us a yantiv, if you look at the other yantivim we have, they, they come with instructions attached. What we should do and how we celebrate the yantiv and, and what we're meant to take out of the yantiv. You look at Pesach, it's very clear. It has many mitzvahs, right? We have matzah, we have mar, we have Sipritzias Mitzrayim talking about the story. We have the, the mitzvah of, uh, to getting rid of our chametz and not eating chametz. It's a big deal. A lot of mitzvahs Hashem told, told us what to do. And he also very clear what he wants us to take out of the Yantiv. He wants us to reinforce the Muna and the belief in Yitzias Mitzrayim. That's what we're talking about the whole Pesach. So we know what the Yantiv is about. We know what we are supposed to get from the Yantiv. And we know what we need to do on the Yantiv. We have the Amim Taibim of uh, Sukkis. 
We know what we need to do. It has sukkah, it has lulav, it has esrig. It's clear what we need to do. And the purpose of Yantav is very clear, is to instill in our hearts, bitachin, trust in Hashem. The way Hashem took care of them in the Midbar is the way He takes care of us now. And we go out into a sukkah to commemorate that and to instill that and to make that strong. But Shavuos, Kabbalah's Atayra, isn't as self-explanatory. What is the mitzvah of Shavuos? What is the Yantav meant to instill in our hearts? There doesn't seem to be any tangible mitzvah for us to do on Shavuos. There are many minhagim, uh, staying up all night and learning, putting flowers in the shul, and eating dairy, to name a few. As it happens, the, you know, the, it's a little difficult to do those minhagim this year. Those minhagim are there to give us a taste of the yantiv, but they're, they're not that easy. Flowers in shul, obviously, we can't do. And um, learning all night, I don't know if that's for everybody this year. I don't know if that's such a great idea. When you have a whole seabird, everybody learning, and there's a kaltaira, and there's an energy, and you're learning together, and you're creating that kind of chizuk for everybody. Yes, definitely try to keep the minik, stay up all night, be mechazik yourself. Everybody will help out each other, but you're home alone. If you can somehow learn with your chavrusa, but certainly you're learning alone. I don't know if that's what the Beis Yasef had in mind, that we should, you know, kind of drift off all night and then be grumpy and sleepy the rest of Yantav. I don't know. Somehow I just don't think that's what he meant. And perhaps we, our time would be much more valuable uh, if we would sleep and get a good night's sleep and learn during the day. Maybe even wake up early. We can, you know, we, we work it out. We can wake up early. Maybe wake up nights and we can have our four hours of learning stark then. So everybody has to make a personal chesh uh, hanefesh. What's the right choice for him as far as this year is concerned? What's the right, right approach as far as staying up? But those are menhagim, right? Well, those are minhagim. Well, what's the real thing of this yantiv, though? What's the actual purpose and directive of Shavuos? The Gemara Mesechtis Psachim, the Samachasim Abayis, lets us in on the secret. Gemara says, Amr Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar says, Hakal Moidim is the Be'inan Nami Lochem. Everybody agrees on Shavuos, you need Lochem. What does that mean? That means that on other Yamim Taivim, Pesach and Sukkis, there is a Tana that holds, you can dedicate the whole day to Hashem. You can learn, you can daven and fast. It's an option. That's one way of celebrating Yantiv. You can be totally spiritual. But on Shavuos, interestingly, no, not an option. You have to have Lochem, you have to eat, you have to drink, you have to enjoy the Yantiv in a physical way. Why? My time, Yom Shinit Nebatayr is the day the Torah was given. Rashi says, You have to rejoice eating and drinking Laharois to show. We're content and we're happy about this day. It's a day Torah was given. Then the Gemara continues. Rav Yosef says on that the day of Atzeres on Shavuos, he prepared a special dish, Igla Tilsa. Not clear exactly what that is, but filet mignon, right? He had the most expensive and and, 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 and fancy cut of meat possible, he prepared that for Shavuos, not for Pesach, not for Rosh Hashanah, and not for Sukkot. Shavuos, he had the, the best food possible. He was Mechabed the Yontem with Michael and Mishta. Why? He says, If not for the day of Shavuos, look how many Yosefs there would be in the street. So Rashi explains, If not for that day, that I've learned Torah, I've become elevated. There are many people in the street whose name are Yosef. What am I different than them? In colloquial terms, right? It would be an average Joe. <laughs> That's the source of, this, source of that statement. 
It would be an average Joe. And what changed him? Matan Torah, Nisra Mamti. So this is the point of this Yantav. The point of the Yantav of Shavuos is to be besimcha. That's how we tell Hashem we're Mechabal the Torah. That's how we communicate that to our Kaddish Baruch Hu. We demonstrate that we're happy with the Torah. We demonstrate that we're so happy that the event of Kabbalah the Torah took place in history. We rejoice. We rejoice in a physical way with Michael and with Mishta. And we make a yantav out of it. We make it beautiful. We take, use the most wonderful meat we have, the most chash of a food we have, good food, good drink. Why? And that's how we demonstrate how happy we are. We have the Torah. That's how we tell Hashem, we want the Torah. We want it again. Give it to us again. This is the biggest and most powerful affirmation we can give for Kabbalah Satir, showing how happy we are about it. That's what the Yantav of Shavuos is all about. The mitzvah of Yantav of Shavuos is Lochem. Lochem. We have to demonstrate how happy we are. But we need some strategy for this. I think this year, more than any other year, Simcha isn't the easiest quality to come by. We've been home for quite a while now, and everybody is home with us. There are no play dates. There's no friends over. There's no socializing. There's no guests. And on Yantiv, there's no electronic distractions, which is a blessing without question. But unfortunately, it doesn't do much for boredom. And bored children are unhappy children, and unhappy children are unhappy parents. And loneliness doesn't do much for rejoicing either. So it's a challenge. It's a challenge to be happy this year. So clearly achieving Simchas Yantav this year will take some work. But the truth is that the essence of Simchas Yantav of Shavuos, the, the Simcha we're talking about that's required on Shavuos, is something which always takes work. It's never a simple thing. It's not just filling up our stomachs. It's appreciating, as Rav Yosef says, Nisra Mamti, I have become elevated. All the Yam Taivim are prefaced with a period of preparation. We know that we prepare for Pesach, we work hard to rid our homes from chametz, and by definition, if the Torah said you have to get rid of chametz, it knew we're going to have to prepare for Pesach. We prepare for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot through Elul and the spiritual elevation that comes with the Sarah Simei Tshuva. We work on ourselves to be ready to have these Yom Taibim, Rosh Hashanah, and uh, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. None of those Yom Taibim have preparation that's specifically required by the Torah. Shavuos does. Shavuos has a preparation which is required by the Torah, and that's counting spheres Simon. The Torah requires us to prepare for Shavuos. What is the simple reason for the mitzvah spheres Simon that we've been doing every day now since Pesach? So the Chinuch shares that with us. The simple reason. He says, We're commanded to count from the day after Pesach, to demonstrate how much we care, how much we want, to demonstrate to ourselves how much we want, how anxious we are for the day of Shavuos to come, for this wonderful holy day. He compares it to someone waiting to get out of prison. I think a more common comparison nowadays would be someone who's waiting to get married, a chosen and a kala, they have a countdown for their wedding. We count the days to Shavuos for, to demonstrate our anticipation, our excitement, our, our anxiousness to get to that day already. 
So the Torah gives us strategy number one. And the truth is that we don't take advantage of this strategy. We count Sefira, we say L'Shem Yichud, we, we say this, this, this things afterwards, but are we just thinking about what we're doing? We're counting because we're excited to get to the day of Shavuos. We can't wait for Shavuos. Every t- time we count, that's the point. Build up that anticipation. If we focus on it, it works. It's a thing. The Torah commands us to do it. The Torah recommended this. The Torah prescribed this as a strategy to create Simcha. Let's utilize it. And if you count it every night, count with the bracha. Make that bracha loud and clear so everybody can hear you. Say the Hayyayim Yoyim loud and clear. And even if you missed, you can't make the bracha. Even if you stopped counting, don't stop. Keep on counting. We've said it anyway. Most of Rishayim hold is still a mitzvah, even if you missed a night. But specifically, utilize that opportunity simply for this reason. Build that anticipation. Create that excitement. That strategy the Torah gives us to work on our simcha in, 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 in preparation for Kabbalah. So Torah. But what are we anticipating? Think about it. We have the Torah already. We accepted it a couple of thousand years ago. Why do we need to wait anxiously at the edge of our chairs, counting every day for Shavuos? We're married already. <laughs> it happened. It's only a historic remembrance of that day. So clearly we're missing the boat if we think like that. Every single Shavuos, every man, every woman, every child is offered the Torah once again. And if we demonstrate our joy, our happiness, and our contentment with being a Jew, with having the mitzvahs, with having the Torah Kedesha, which is the equivalent of saying yes, we get a new Torah every year. Now, what does that mean? This new Torah we're waiting for anxiously, what does that mean we get a new Torah every year? And this brings us to strategy number two, the second way to attain Simcha and joy for Shavuos. We know there's another aspect of the days of Sphere Sa'imer, where are days that we work on ourselves. We know there are 48 kinyanim to Tyra, 48 character attributes that you're supposed to attain to truly learn Tyra. And we say the 48 uh, attributes are connected these 48 days from now, from Pesach till Shavuos, and day number 49 is for review, all these kind of things. But think about for a minute what Rabbi Yosef said. Rabbi Yosef says, you know why I'm happy about Shavuos? You know why I'm so happy? Because Nisra Mamti. Now think about this. He didn't rejoice because he could learn Tyra. He didn't rejoice because I can serve Hashem, that I have so many opportunities to gain schar, to gain elam haba. No. He rejoiced about something very personal, something we're all concerned about our whole lives. He rejoiced about personal fulfillment, about achieving something meaningful with our lives, knowing our purpose. He rejoiced because Nisrei Mamti, I have become elevated. As we say in Kiddush and in Tfilan Yantav, Atta Bechartanu Mikala Amim, Vireimam Tanu Mikala Shainis. We were chosen, Bechartanu, and Mitzrayim. Reimam Tanu, you elevated us on Har Sinai when you gave us the Torah. The Torah enables us to elevate ourselves. Trying to achieve purity of spirit, holiness without the Torah is futile. The Messiah Susharim explains this at length in the beginning of his Sefer. The Torah and Kabbalah Sat Torah gives us the direction. It gives us the method, but most importantly, the tremendous siyata dishmaya we need to become elevated and holy people. The kind of remimus that can be achieved with the Torah is beyond comprehension. Where did Rabbitson Kanievsky, Rabbitson Batsheva, where did she get her legendary patience and love for every Jew? To quote one story from hundreds, there was a woman named Shifra. 
who would come, she unfortunately, she suffered from mental illness. And she would come to the Rebbitzin every day, multiple times a day, to beg the Rebbitzin for a bracha that she shouldn't die that day. And the Rebbitzin would hug her and she would kiss her and she would say, I bless you, give you a bracha that you should live through the day. And the Kaddish Baruch should keep you another day. And she would come time and time again. And when she wouldn't come, the Rebbitzin would write a note for her, give her a bracha, a blessing that she should live through the day. And one time she came with that note and she started yelling and screaming. Multiple times happened, actually. She would come and scream and yell, you didn't write the note right. You didn't include everything in it. And the Rebbitzin would happily write it again. She had legendary patience, legendary sablanas, and such love for every Jew. Where did that come from? It comes from the Torah. It doesn't come from anywhere else. It's not natural. It's unnatural. Get his sensitivity and love for every Jew that he had. Again, to quote one story from many. A story I said this past year is just such a powerful story. Rebbeim used to bring their class, uh, the class trip to visit Rebbeim Leib Steinman. He would always be happy, even though he was so busy, to fahar a class, ask them questions. And they would be, you know, it would be a big deal for them. They would work the whole year towards this. So one such Rebbe brought his class. Rebbeim Leib asked them all questions, gave them treats. And the Rebbe left. They all filed out and he went back to the bus. And he's going back to the bus. Someone comes running after him and he says, oh, one second, are you Rebbe so-and-so? He says, yes. He says, Rebbe Shaman, please wants you to come back. Can you come back? He says, yeah, I come back. First, Rebbe grills him. Who's taking care of the kids? Does your wife know you're coming late? Call her. And afterwards, he says, do you know there were two boys in your class? One I asked this question. I want to ask that question. Do you know which boys I'm talking about? The Rebbe said, yeah. Did they not answer correctly? No, 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 Rebbe said. They answered perfectly. So he went out of the room, Rav Steinman, and he came back with a 200 shekel bill and he gave it to the Rebbe. He says, please take this and like, make a contest in your class and see to it that these two boys win, each one 100 shekel, and then with the money, buy them new shoes. Make sure everything is truthful, but make sure these two, these two children get new shoes. So the Rebbe was very surprised. He says, sure, I'll do it. And Rav Steinman went on to explain. He says, you know, when parents know that children are coming to visit, an old man, uh, they, they, you know, they think an old man's a big deal. So uh, they dressed him in Shabbos clothing. And they were all dressed in Shabbos clothing, but these two children had ripped shoes. So they must not have shoes. So here, take this money, make sure they get shoes. So Rebbe started to cry. And he said, how can I possibly attain this kind of midah of Neisabal, this kind of sensitivity? And Rav Steinman says, look, they're paying you to pay attention to these children. You see a pilot flying a plane. He has this big dashboard full of all the lights and buttons. He has to know what's going on. He has to pay attention to all the lights. And if there's a red light blinking, he has to, know what, he has to pay attention to it. He has to take action. So this is, this is Rabbi Aaron time. And how, how does a person get to that level? Only through the Torah. It's not a natural thing. During this period of time, our Ben Adam Lechaveri qualities, they're being tested. Anger, patience, kindness, mercy, to name a few. And struggling with those can drag us down and make it hard to be happy. But on Shavuos with Kabbalah Satira, we get a new infusion of Roimimus, a new infusion of Ruchnius. We're recommissioned by HaKadosh Baruch Hu for a new year of growth with the special Siyata Dishmaya that comes along with accepting the Torah. What was hard last year might become easy this year. Who knows? The Siyata Dishmaya. It's unnatural. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us roimimus with the Torah, and that's why we're waiting anxiously for Shavuos. And the truth is, this time has clarified for us what we need to work on. And it, it, it clarified how we need to become Nisroi Mamti, but it also, 
it, we can look at ourselves and see what we've, what we've achieved. I've certainly saw it in the community, what they have achieved in Achtos, what they have achieved in Tefillah, what they have achieved in Gadlus, in Chesed. Everybody needs to look back on themselves, as Rav Yosef did. V'nisroi Mamti, Rav Yosef recognized. I have become elevated. That's why he was so happy. He recognized it. He looked for it. And that takes some focus, some introspection. When we're sitting and eating our Shavuos meal, we're getting happy. This is what we're getting happy about. We look back in the year, it says, I have been successful. I have gotten better at this. I've gotten better at that. I've davening dabbin, better. I do have more patience. I do have more mercy. I do have more kindness. I have been successful. Vidnis Remanti. Shavuos is about looking back and looking forward. We rejoice because what the tire, we realize what the Torah is for us, what it has done for us. We realize what we have grown through having the Torah, and we look forward. We're so excited to get a new infusion of Torah, a new infusion of Remimus, a new infusion of Godless. We're eating and drinking on Shavuos. That's how we're Mekayim, the Mitzvah Hayyayim, by utilizing these strategies the Torah gave for us, anticipating Shavuos, counting up to Shavuos, being excited at the opportunity for new growth, new siyat and recognizing how much growth and how much purity of spirit we have attained and achieved. And that will bring us to the true simcha, the true fulfillment of joy that a person has when he knows that he's accomplishing his mission in life. He knows he's accomplishing his purpose. May HaKadosh Baruch Hu grant us all a true Kabbalah Satara. May we all lizeichah to true simcha and true remimis on this coming yantav. Of Shuas Bazus Hashem. Have a good night and a good Shabbos.